is Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 Landon Donovan, there are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross, and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crowned champions of the world. From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. After a long season of soccer, a Premier League campaign started, a World Cup happened in the fall, to the resume of Premier League football, and now the end of a long season. I welcome you to another episode of FUVFC. My name is Gino Alva, and I'm here with the winner of every competition in Europe this year, Nick Palmer. What? Nick, how you doing? Uh, you know what? That That is the nicest thing anyone has said to me. The winner <laughs> of all competitions. I hey, love man. that. It's um, a reality now. It is a reality. It turns out Manchester City is very good at uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they, they tend to be pretty talented. But before you get into that, how are you doing, Gino? How's, uh, how's been your last couple weeks of enjoying soccer? Anything standing out to you? Well, you know, yesterday was an insane final, and uh, from a United's perspective, you know, it was definitely a blow, not the way you want to end a season, but, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. Man- Manchester City is a insane team this year, so, you know, much deserved victory, and, you know, can't wait to see what happens this Saturday against Inter Milan, and I think it's in, uh, in Istanbul, right? Uh, that's correct, it's in Istanbul, and we, we, will, we will get to that, but... Where do where do you want to start? Because because there's a lot of things ending right now. You know we've got a lot of big tournaments. Premier League just ended. Where where do you want to start on this, Gino? Let's start at the beginning. We're going to talk about review reviewing this Premier League season, and then we'll talk about the FA Cup final, and then obviously our preview of the Champions League. But let's just get into this crazy and insane Premier League season. Obviously, Manchester City, the winners of this year's Premier League, their seventh Premier League title in their history, back to back to back titles. Three in a row, Erling Haaland came to this club not to only win the Premier League and that FA Cup, but to win the Champions League. And that's, they're only one step away from that. And they're probably going to do it this Saturday. But scoring machine, person on the scene, everyone said that he wasn't going to be performing like he did in the Bundesliga, but he proved everybody wrong and broke, I think, many records in the in the goal scoring category. But Manchester City made that FA Cup final. Won against United, made the Champions League final, and it's looking to achieve their first European title in their history. But, you know, obviously the talk is all City. Obviously they're the best team this year, but the highlight of this season was probably Arsenal FC. You know, they were first in many of the match days this week of, of this, you know, excuse me, this whole entire season. But in the last couple of weeks, they were, you know, tying and losing. They only played in one competition after being eliminated in the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the Europa League but they were not in form. Uh, I guess the term the football fans, soccer fans want to use is that they bottled the league. 
but uh <laughs> i don't know how you see that nick but nick i want to take you to match week 21 arsenal won against manchester united three to two and it was about six points clear in january how would you assess this arsenal team this season obviously being first in all of these match weeks but you know losing and tying these games and dropping to second place and city just you know beating them in this race yeah i mean look arsenal I, I I went to high school with this kid who was the biggest Arsenal fan. I mean, he'd wear a kit to school every day. Um, and he he always seemed to have faith in Arsenal, even in years when things weren't going his way. And I have to have a little bit of respect for Arsenal and what they did this season. I mean, they they outshined expectations, I would say, and sure, like you know, you know, they, they they are regarded as one of the best teams in the Prem, but to give City not only a run for their money, but to lead the way for that last, I mean, really about the third of the schedule until City just narrowed it out after that, uh, that heartbreaker, I believe it was at Nottingham, right? Towards the end of the year. I think um, so, yes. Arsenal. Um, and sure, you might want to call it a bottle job. You can call whatever you like. Um, obviously I'm happy city won, but I think we really need to be looking out for Arsenal in this next year. Definitely. I mean, last season, they, I think finished fifth place. Arteta got the job and he was surprising many people about, you know, how he's taken this Arsenal side to the top level, unexpected start in the season. Everybody thought Arsenal was going to win this, uh, this year's Premier League, but you know, like a lot of people say are saying yes, it's a bottle job, but I just don't seem to know why they dropped the mentality towards the end of the campaign. They were playing only one competition and in Manchester City were just playing, I think, two games a week because they were playing in the FA Cup knockouts, they were playing in the Champions League knockouts. Right. Uh they got eliminated in the in the League Cup, but you know, they were playing a lot of games and uh they got to where they want to be where which is at top of the Premier League table. But yes, I agree with you, Nick. Definitely Arsenal is a team to watch out next season. They're probably motivated to, you know, yeah, win a title next I, year. But I would say they're motivated, you know, but that, yeah, that it's I can uh, say for sure. It's a it's a crazy team and it's a crazy uh way they went out. But let's go on to the next team. I guess we can talk about uh towards the table. Uh Manchester United, which is obviously my team. Um uh, definitely an improvement from last year, you know they were they were uh sixth place last year they're eliminating all competitions but you know this year they brought in Aaron Ten Hag they managed the team really well Cristiano Ronaldo was playing the first half of the year obviously we know what happened towards right. the end of the of the first half left the team right. went to Saudi Arabia and I I want to say I don't know if you if you want to agree with here uh, agree with me here Nick but after the World Cup like Manchester United were probably the best team in Europe they were winning games Rashford was on the form of his life they right. were they beat Man City at Old Trafford. They were a really good team. But, you know, come a time in March and April, they were losing matches. They were tying matches. They got eliminated in the Europa League. They got uh to the FA Cup final. They won the League Cup against Newcastle, which is a team we're gonna talk about next. Um, I definitely an improvement. Ayrton Hawk said uh, yesterday in, in the post conference after the final that, you know, it was a it was a successful season. You know, they definitely improved from last year, but uh, Nick, your perspective on this United team after seeing the horrible season that was last year with, uh, you know, this United team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing you can say about United from 
last year to this year, at least, is that they're playing more cohesively as a team. Um, they're relying less on star power. Obviously, Rashford um, had an incredible series of games. Also, Bruno Fernandez, of course, um, had an excellent year. Also, some people who sort of go under the radar, maybe not under the radar, obviously, is guys like Erickson um, or even like a guy like Jaden Sancho. Um, but, you know, it, the thing with United this year is maybe they got I'm not going to say that they played a little too safe at times, um, but you can see sort of this core starting to develop, at least from last year. And so I think they'll only, you know, they'll only get better as, as time goes on. And I, if I'm a United fan, I'm not worried because after what happened last year, things can only really get better. Right. There's a lot of uh, talks on this new ownership deal. There's right. a couple of players that might leave next season. Um, we're going to see what happens with United. But, you know, after seeing yesterday's final, I was a little bit concerned on how, you know, they played against City in the final. But, you know, props to to this team. You know, it was 2-1, but to give a goal away 15 seconds in, uh, I was just shocked. But that that it was. I'm, I'm OK, so 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 I'm not going to be that guy, but also I am going to be. It was 12. Well, seconds. You have 12. Um, it was 12. It was 12. See, um, I wasn't even settled in <laughs> watching it. I just saw on my phone that it was 1-0 and it just it, took it, off from there. It was and and we we can we can go into this real quick and we can talk about City after and then maybe touch on a couple right, other right. teams. But but um that's the quickest in FA Cup history. I mean, obviously. Right. We'll talk about a statement. Um, but I thought Gundogan had the hat trick. Um, but it was offside, but I thought he totally had it, but this has sort of always been at least the tactic for city is like Gundogan totally runs under the radar with all the star power that they have going on. So, you know, he's been there for a long time. I I remember everyone was expecting big things out of him when he came out of, I believe it was Dortmund, right. When he was playing with Royce. Correct. correct. Um, and you know, people were expecting big things from him. And this is before a lot of the star power arrived. And he, I think, takes his place as maybe one of the most underrated city players of all time. And I, I think he he displayed why he's valuable in that FA Cup final. I mean, if you talk about last season, the last game against Aston Villa, a key part of that, you know, game too. He scored, I think, right. the last goal or second goal, if I if I remember to, to win uh, a early title. I believe it was the last goal, yeah. The last goal. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Gunnigan's an underappreciated player, very underrated, and uh, it's a hat trick in my eyes. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, so uh, let's quickly talk talk about these uh, next couple of uh, big teams in the in the top of the table. Yeah, Newcastle sure. United, new ownership. They made the League Cup final, fell behind, but they are playing Champions League uh, next season at St. James's Park. Uh, a great, great way for... You know, this new era that is Newcastle United to be back in the Champions League after I want to say you know, kind of like, it's been a long time. So maybe a couple of years, I think I think they were in the Champions League or a European competition in, I think, 2011 or 2010. But OK, uh, they're finally back in European competition. And I'm very excited for them as a United fan. I mean, I, I, I if you talk about the history of Newcastle now this year and players like that, uh, Great to see uh, another team that it's not a big six team in the Champions League. So props to Newcastle right. United to be in the Champions League. Liverpool, big shock to Liverpool. 
throughout the mentality throughout, throughout the whole entire season. Got eliminated mm-hmm. in every competition, fifth in the in the Premier League, which means they are playing Europa League next season. Uh, obviously, last season they were going to do what Man City is doing this year, which is you know winning every competition they were played in, they were playing in. So uh, a big shock to to me that Liverpool, you know, kind of dropped this mentality. Obviously, Sadio Mane left in the beginning of the year, going to Bayern Munich, and now they're going to have to play your your uh, Europa League next season. Uh, what do you think? What, what are your thoughts on you know these two teams, Nick? Because definitely two surprises. I would have never thought Newcastle would be back in the Champions League, and Liverpool, you know, going to Europa League after having a great run last year. Right. I mean, first of all, just hats off to Eddie Howe and all the work he's doing at Newcastle. I mean, this was a team, honestly, of of all the teams that sort of have been breaking out this year, I think Newcastle's the likeliest to stick around near the top six. Um, And while I do think that it will be interesting for next year for Newcastle, because they are just going right into the Champions League without any Europa League or like a Conference League like appearance before that. So I I do not think they'll maybe achieve immediate success. Um, but I am I'm actually very pleasantly surprised with how Newcastle's going. Obviously, Liverpool, a big disappointment. Um, but one team that I think deserves recognition that isn't getting recognition, who are um in the Europa League now is Brighton, uh, especially towards the end of the year under uh, Roberto uh, De Zerbi, who just absolutely sort of put this team on his back from a coaching perspective and just masterfully sort of uses his keeper in sort of like a like a hyper, like sweeper kind of way. It's really interesting what he's doing. But anyway, those are some teams that I think is definitely notable. Right. I agree with you about Brighton. I mean, there are teams that haunts Man United fans every time they play each other. <laughs> Uh, but it's so funny because Brian is a team that I feel like if I'm looking at, you know, like like who plays Arsenal next week, it's always Brian. City plays Brian next week. It's always Brian. Brian's always around the Premier League. And it's pretty funny. But yeah, they deserve to be playing in a European competition. So they'll be playing Europa League and they finished sixth in the Premier League. But props to them. Uh, just a great English team. And following that is Aston Villa, who are going to be playing uh, the Conference right. League uh, with the World Cup, obviously, winner. Uh, Emiliano Martinez and this team is just uh you know they're they're surprised too I mean I think John Terry was the manager or coach a couple of years ago and Steven Gerrard was just the manager you know I think last year so a great right. way for them to you know be back in European competition and uh just props to to that team so uh Tottenham Hotspurs it's the legend of the Tottenham <laughs> terrible not playing any European competitions next year Harry Kane might leave the team. Who God knows where could be Man United, could be Real Madrid. We don't know. But Spurs finished uh, eighth in the Premier League and just the legend of Tottenham. I mean, what can you say about this team? This team is just never going to win trophies. I think they're they're never going to win trophies. They're always going to have the star talent. Um, I mean, who knows if they're going to have the star talent after this? Um, but yeah, obviously they need another manager. Um, they need some I, I the one thing about Tottenham that I that at least is the one thing is they're not afraid to spend money. So, you know, but I mean, since since Conte left the club, like Spurs have not have not 
done anything. They've kind of been in free fall, honestly. And especially, you know, e- even despite that sort of late rally, I think it was at Leeds, um, you know, you're like, there's no way they're going to win anywhere in Europe uh, for any time to come. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, whatever the word is for not bullish about Tottenham, that would be the right word. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every year when we talk about Tottenham, it's always, what are they doing? You know, they're a good staff. Yeah. They have they have great talent. You know, they make European competitions at times, but, you know, they just don't win any domestic cup finals, which, and they don't even make the finals, which is, you know, an odd reason to say, because like, they're a good team and, you know, they, they finished second and third, you know, these last couple of years, but they're just not making, uh, they made a Champions League final, which, I don't know how, but, you know, that is just the history of the Tottenham and what more can you say about that team. But uh, you you uh, you want to finish off with some Chelsea? Oh, man. I mean, I was saving the best for last. I mean, that oh, oh, okay. the, the Chelsea team of this year was just I just I can't believe how far they've fallen. You know, they they start off the season, you know, with Tuchel and um, Conte arguing. I can't believe that was the beginning right. of the season. I mean, talk about, you know, uh, that fight. And now, you know, finishing in the Premier League 12th, I think it's the worst finish in the season since I think the 90s to getting a transfer window that was, I think, evaluated of a billion pounds, getting a lot of these players, three managerial changes. Frank Lampard takes the, the last uh, couple of games. I think one, right. one of his, like, 14 games he took uh, took charge of. Uh, listen, I, I know Mauricio Pochettino is going to be managing this team next year. He they will do be, have, yeah. they do have a lot of players that have star talent. They just need management. I think, you know, this obviously season, you know, Chelsea fans are going to forget and want to forget, but I think next year with, with this, you know, new coach, they're going to be playing really well. And, you know, they're definitely a team to look for, but, you know, obviously they're not going to be playing European competitions, but you know, it is what it is. They can just focus on maybe winning an FA Cup, a League Cup, maybe finishing top four in the Premier League. We'll see what happens. But uh, a review of this Chelsea team has just been, you know, horrific and terrible. And, you know, they had a couple of chances against Real Madrid in the uh, in the quarterfinals but of the Champions League, but, you know, it wasn't enough. So uh, maybe our American su- uh, superstar Christian Pulisic can leave the club. Yes. Let's see what happens. Mason Mount is reportedly <laughs> sold to Manchester United. We don't know about that, but... Oh, wow. Uh, We'll see what happens on that. But yeah, Nick, your take on this Chelsea team, because, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are into soccer mm-hmm. and some of them are Chelsea fans and they just don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> I want to hear your take. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm not as doom and gloom on Chelsea as I am on Tottenham. I think depending on what they do in the offseason, I think Chelsea has a good chance of of just rebounding like that. Um, obviously, um Pochettino is is one of the best um out there. So I, I think they're in good hands with regards to that. Um but I was sort of looking around the transfer market to see like what's what's what moves are they gonna make? Because obviously moves need to be made. Um and Madrid apparently is interested in uh bringing in Kai Abers, which would be awful for Chelsea if they end up uh losing him but there you know there, there's a couple of people who are who are linked and rumored to be headed to Stamford Bridge guys like um Moises Caicedo and um 
players of sort of that caliber where obviously you're not bringing in star power, but you are bringing in solid players. I think, you know, Pulisic, I want him out of there. Obviously <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I, I have, that's just the USA fanboy. Um, but obviously I would prefer Pulisic either on this side of the pond or at a team that isn't Chelsea um, or United. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Chelsea will Chelsea will be okay. I I think they have a I'd give them a let's see. I I like pulling random numbers out of nowhere. I give them a 72% chance of making the top 4 in the prem. That's a very specific number, but I, I honestly, I kind of agree. I think they have a good chance with all the, all the superstars they have. I mean, they have not big squad like a huge squad oh yeah and uh i think with the experience pochettino had in tottenham making a final uh premier league i think he'll 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 definitely do all right with this chelsea squad it's a great team so we'll see what happens but moving on from the premier league uh actually one last thing we got to touch upon is uh relegation i completely forgot about relegation uh southampton last in the premier league table relegated there a couple of years ago i think in 2016 they were actually fifth uh they were playing europa league football they had van dyke they had sadio mane they had fonte right. players like that relegated sad to see them go uh leeds united you know at their first time in the premier league since 2003 when james milner was playing for them and now they are relegated i mean leeds united was a an american dominated squad in the beginning of the year uh mm-hmm. They had a lot of uh, American players and they had an American coach, Jesse March, who was sacked and I think uh, a couple of months ago. And, you know, they've just weren't performing really well towards the end of the year. They are now relegated back to the championship. And one team that is breaking many football hearts is Leicester City. Oh, 2016 Premier League title winners, Jamie yep. Vardy, Rian Mares, players like that. Claudio Ranieri coached the squad. Won the Premier League, did the impossible, and an entertaining season for all football fans. Completely changed the perspective of even if you're a team that was relegated a season before and getting promoted to to uh, you know the first tier of any, whether it be English football, Italian football, Spanish football, you know there is a chance where if you have a great a great squad, a great coach, you win to play, you'll make it first, and that's what they did, and you know. Following those, you know, years, you know, players went to big teams in England. Some, you know, left the club and retired. Uh, they played Champions League football. They won the FA Cup final in, I think, 2021. And, you know, just after that final, things weren't clicking in and ultimately led to the relegation for next season. But, you know, one thing I want to ask you, Nick, is obviously we were there when Leicester City won the Premier League, so I guess we can talk about right. you know Leicester City and their and their Premier League title. But what I remember is you know I was uh, at home looking on my phone on Twitter. Chelsea was playing. I think uh, was it Tottenham that they were playing against. I, I believe. I I think that's right. Yeah. Hazard scored the goal that secured Leicester's uh, title chance to win the Premier League. It was just an insane day. I mean. All the Leicester players were at Jamie Vardy's house watching the Chelsea game, praying Chelsea to win the game because meaning that they were going to win the Premier League. So uh, it's just a great story. I mean, there's a documentary on YouTube where NBC Sports did a great job 
you know, oh, showcasing right. that uh that season. But yeah, man, I just it's sad to see Lester go. But you know, that season was definitely magical for a lot of football fans. And uh, I don't know. I mean, what else can you say about this about this uh about this this team, the city? You know, who watched the you know their dreams come true. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like we've been talking about the Lester win. I mean, not us specifically, because this is my first time on the show, but I feel like we've been talking about the Lester win for so long. I want to talk about something about Lester that they missed out on. Um, do you remember, I, I forget what it was, um, when Tim Sherwood from Tottenham said that they were going to sell Harry Kane to Lester? I think I, so. That that happened a little bit ago. Um, and. I was thinking, oh, my God, like Harry Kane could save this Leicester team. Um, but now that obviously now that they're going down to the championship, that's not going to happen. But man, I mean, this this Leicester team, I. It, it I'm not going to be that guy that says it had to happen and that it was a fluke when they won because it wasn't. They put together a remarkable season, but they just unfortunately don't have the pieces yet. I think to to contend in that top upper echelon, and I think they will come back. I think they might even come back as soon as next year. Um, to be honest, I'm not too impressed with a lot of teams coming out of the championship to where I think that Leicester isn't a remarkable favorite to come back up. Um, but yeah, it'll happen. Just another chapter in the long, epic saga of Leicester City. Yeah, we'll definitely hope they'll be back in the Premier League next season. But for now, they're going to be playing the championship, and hopefully we'll see them back in two years. But we have three new teams coming in the Premier League next season. Burnley, Sheffield United, and a fan favorite, right. Town. Uh Talk about Burnley. Town. Burnley, uh, Vincent Company, Man City legend, taking them to the uh, to the Premier League. Sheffield United was playing in the Premier League, I think, last year or two years ago, but now they're back. And uh, could see them. Town is obviously the fan favorite, everybody's favorite team, because their obviously. stadium is just iconic. It's literally in the middle of a neighborhood. I think you have to go through somebody's house to get inside the stadium and see that become a Premier League stadium. It's going to be insane. Holland's going to be walking. Holland's going to be walking through these houses. Manchester United, Liverpool, big teams, big names are going to be at Luintown. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say. I'm just waiting to see the first game. That's in that's going to be in Loontown because uh, that's just insane to to see a stadium that like structure oh, yeah. like that is uh, it's going to be great. Well, I, I was yeah, I was I was looking at this and I said, man, how much is is Lutontown going to need to like renovate? Uh, um, I think Kenilworth uh, Road and, and right. they said 10 million pounds um, just to like just to like fix it up so that it's legal. Um, the Premier League standards, yeah, yeah, uh, but 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 you know, Sky Sports and international broadcasters, the revenue is going to come in for for Town, but they're going to have to be smart oh, yeah. on how they're going to how they're going to spend it. But yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of upgrades in their stadium to make it Premier League, uh, to meet uh, Premier League uh, standards. So you know, it's going to be a uh, an interesting couple of months this summer to see how they can uh, do that. But uh, that's the review of of this Premier League season, a memorable. An iconic and something Arsenal fans are never going to forget. That is the 2022 to 2023 season. Uh, bottled. <laughs> bottled. Uh, moving on to the FA Cup final. Manchester United played Manchester City at Wembley. Oh, did FA they? Cup. They did, actually. I didn't know that, but, you know, they did. 
and oh. <laughs> Man City were <laughs> two games away. Well, are two games away. Well, now that, you know, obviously they played the FA Cup final. But what I was meant, meaning to say is that, you know, they had two games to win the treble. So they had to go through Manchester United first until they go to Istanbul to play uh, Inter Milan. But Manchester City won the FA Cup against United 2-1. to one. Um, I mean, hey, man, I mean, I'm a United fan. And this final was very nerve wracking for United fans to see, you know, if City can actually uh, win the double. They did. Goals from uh wow I can't I can't I'm blanking on the goals but Bruno scored a penalty, uh right. first goal was because I missed it so Nick what was the first goal again? Uh both of them were gun to one, gun to one. First goal, thirteen seconds in. No twelve, no, twelve no, Gino, twelve, twelve, twelve. See I can't even talk today because of you, like keep, how it, you keep you keep selling Gundo short man man I'm just <laughs> I was in shock I'm still in shock I can't even <laughs> talk today, but uh yeah I mean those. Those two goals were just insane. The first goal, a great goal from Gunnigan, a great strike. The second goal was from... I, yeah. I just don't know how to explain that goal. I mean, explain that goal. I mean, you know, I'll, we'll obviously get okay. to David De Gea talk, but that's basically the gist of the game. But let's dive into it. I think Man City yeah. were really good. They were really organized. I mean, Jack Grealish, I think his one-on-ones against... Uh, was I don't even remember who was playing left back. I think it was Luke Shaw. I think he was pretty good. I think yes. Jack Grealish was really good. He really showed that 100 million pound that was bought to bring into Man City. So I thought the City team was really organized and United were just all over the place. Jay and Sancho was not playing really well. Um, Christian Eriksen was been playing really well. And it was just all over the place for, for United. But definitely the talk that I definitely the, you know, the player that everybody's talking about is David De Gea. And Nick, I want to get right. your perspective on this. You know, you know, he's been at the club for a, since 2011, a great goalkeeper, but he's just not good with his feet. And we've seen that in the last couple of years. And I've said that, you know, I think David De Gea should go because, you know, most of his goals are costing us, you know, games. And, you know, we saw that this year with, Sevilla and you know now City and you know other games from Premier League last year as well. It was just not a great performance from David De Gea. You know, yeah. obviously he made some saves in the game, but he had to because he is the goalkeeper. But you know, definitely a performance that could have been won by Man United. They were attacking really well in the second half, but just wasn't their day. But yeah, props to Man City, very organized team, and they show that they wanted it more than Man United. I mean. So so Eric Tenag said he wanted De Gea to come back next year. Um, I'm not sure if that's how uh, all United fans feel. Um, sorry, let me scratch that. I I don't think that's how most United fans feel, but that's okay. I I but there there is there has to be. I I I feel like it's this way in all sports, where an attachment to a player because of all that they've done for you. It 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 seems to trump sort of the rational decision making of is this player the best option for our team anymore? And, and you you see it in in a lot of sports, including hockey, um, but especially in 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 soccer as well, where the loyalty that that a club has to a player can often hurt them to their detriment. I mean, you think of these keepers who you know, really get up there in age because it is a position that you can take, you know, into your late 30s. Correct. Um, or if you're Gianluigi Buffon into your 50s, 
um but <laughs> you know yeah um i don't i thought the second goal it, it was a weak effort from outside the 18 yard box i think De Gea should have saved it um but you know i I, th- I thought united played well if you minimize the threat in the box that's always the issue with city is is if they get it in the box you, you better believe that you know holland's gonna mash that one home um and if if you keep holland off the score sheet i, I think you're doing something right if you're playing against city um, I th- yeah i think what man united was you know they were trying to find ways to break that uh defensive line that is man city i mean right. every time man united you know let go of the ball there was always two players on a united player and that's something that we all know how pep guardiola plays his team oh yeah so i mean i i i saw this united team you know they were attacking really well it's just you know there were some times where they couldn't finish and that's part of this man united story these past couple of years you know they can attack but they can't finish they don't have a number nine you know it's up to rashford to to make that position well and you know He's not a striker, but, you know, he had to transition to a striker after Ronaldo left. Right. White course came in and all that, you know, it's all, it's, you know, it's, it's all over the place, but uh, yeah, I mean, going back to David De Gea topic, I mean, it was definitely a weak, weak effort. He had to save that. And obviously that goal set the mood of the game. City fans were just electric in Wembley. Uh, the city team just got motivated more and score more, but they couldn't. But ultimately, you know, that led up to, the 90th minute where the ref blew the whistle securing city's uh fa cup trophy this season meaning that they are a trophy away to winning the treble something that hasn't been done since 1999 when united did it in barcelona so let's get into that topic i i I will say real quick one thing that i do get your thoughts on is when fred came in to man mark de bruyne um because that's sort of, would you call that a safe substitution? But I, I think what all it did really was just leave Gundogan and Rodri to have a ton of space in the midfield, which let like kind of an unsung hero and a guy like John Stones, you know, distribute the ball all over the field. So, so I want to know what you think about that substitution. Uh, in the second half, right towards the end, right. It's just like, you know, after that second goal, like it, there was a lot of space open for Man City. If, you know, United were so tight in the middle that they couldn't, you know, get out of it. There was always, a, if you know, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, if the ball was cleared off the line, a City player is always there to get it. Right. And a United player had to run to get it, run to the player to get to get the ball. A City player would pass the ball. It, it was just so quick. And, it and was that's so tiring. Open. Right. Yeah. But that's the Pep Guardiola speciality. Right, getting the ball. Right. If you're gonna lose the ball, then there's two players on you, and then you gotta pass the ball, and you're you're gonna react, and then you're you're gonna have to let go of the ball, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's over. So it's, I mean, we've seen that. I don't know why they didn't know that that was gonna come because Man City has been playing after years under Pep Guardiola. If somebody loses yeah. the ball, there's always gonna be two players on you. But um, you know, they're it's yeah, like you said, it's tiring. And you know, Fred, Fred in the midfield, they brought in Scott McTonomy towards the end. He could have scored a goal. I mean, you know that play I'm talking about, right? Uh, towards the end of the game where Scott Metonomy had to head the ball in and then it went over the crossbar. Oh, yeah, that was horrifying. Yeah, and it was terrible. I was on the edge of my seat saying, like, how can we not score that? It was just a simple, you know, tap. And I mean, it was difficult, difficult angle to, to, to head the ball in. But, you know, 
Man City are just a really good, constructed, well-organized team. There's nothing you can talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, the final and Inter Milan and see how that's going to work. But Inter Milan has to be prepared to, to see what this City team is bringing. So let's just yeah. move into the last topic of of the episode. The Champions League final is this Saturday. It's in, it's in Instable. Manchester City versus Inter Milan. Didn't you know Holland wakes up to that every morning? Listen, Erling Holland was was playing Minecraft like after they won the title. If that doesn't you know say what type of team Man City is, then I don't know what else you can talk about this guy. But you do know that was his morning alarm clock. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it's gonna be reality. He's gonna win it. So. Let, let's happen. talk about this, though. I, I I think everyone thinks City is the favorite. So what I want to hear from you is one way Inter can beat City. Inter, you ha- think they can do it? Inter has a lot of attacking options. If you looked at their Serie A record towards the end of the year, I think they were undefeated in like six or seven games. They've won all their games towards the end of the year. They're in a really good spot. I thought personally in previous podcasts and previous episodes with FUVFC, we all said that AC Milan was capable of making this final and winning it because they were really good. But Inter Milan just lately have been killing it. Lautaro Martinez, Lukaku is going to be playing that final. They have a lot of attacking options, but, you know, I just don't know if I can see this Inter Milan team beating the City team. I just, I, I, I can say a million things about, you know, how Inter could do it, but we're going to have to wait the day up to see how this team is going to play against City because, like I said, attacking options, really good momentum. And obviously, on paper, they were not good in Serie A. But when you're hot in a knockout tournament, that is the Champions League. And if you're hot and applies to other teams, other uh, sports like in baseball, basketball, if you're hot, you're hot. You're going to get going and you could possibly win a final. So I think Inter Milan has a chance to win this final. But Man City are just going to come prepared to to not let Inter Milan do that. Yeah, I mean, really, the only, I guess, path for victory I can see for Milan is is slowing the game down, you know, just be really difficult to break down, play deep, be aggressive, and and just remember, you know, this isn't like the rest of the games in the tournament. It, it's it's a one-off game. There's no second leg. So, it's, yeah, you know, that going to war. plays to City's disadvantage. Because if you don't show up in, in these 90 minutes, it's over for you. I think if it was two legs, you know, City would be almost guaranteed the win. But because it's one, you know, really anything can happen. And if if Inter, you know, harkens back to like the 1960s when they won, I think it was like back-to-back European Cups. I don't even remember where I pulled that from. But, you know, they, that that's sort of like how they've been known to play. You know, they're playing Italian football. Um, so... Obviously, Let, they, let's let's yeah. hope they do it. Yeah. Obviously, they carry history with them. The last time they were in the final was in 2010 in the Bernabeu. They won right. the treble there. So talk about obviously two different teams, but obviously that 2010 team was just insane. But um, City could do the impossible this Saturday, and it's finally you know I, I said it throughout these years. You know, City are meant to win the Champions League at least once in the next couple of years, and if it's not this Saturday. Then I don't know when, but um, let's do some score predictions. I think that it's going to go to extra time, and City might win it two to one. Who's who's scoring it? Obviously, I think Holland's going to score the first goal. Second goal, 
Uh, I don't want to say Holland again, but maybe he's going to have a good night. So I'm just going to say okay. first goal, Holland. Uh, Lautaro scores for Milan, and then to be determined for that second goal. But it's going to be two one for me, City, in extra time. It's not going to penalties. I know that for mm. it. not going to penalties. I'm giving you four nil City. Really? Um, on one goal from okay, Gundogan. One goal from uh, Jack Grealish. And two goals from Erling Holland. It's going to be a very insane. And one of them is coming in the first two minutes. <laughs> why is everything in the first two minutes? I don't, it's, I'm, I don't know why, but I'm telling you when it happens, everyone should go back and listen to this episode. And oh, for sure. It, it, I don't know. They called it. I, I think called I'm, it. how many players in this squad played in that 2021 final? Um, I think it's like four. Ooh. Let's see. De Bruyne was in it. De Bruyne was in it. Uh, Ilke was in it. Uh, uh, there's a see. lot of players here, if I can remember. Yeah, there, no, there's a lot. While, while you uh, think of it, I'll just talk about this Inter team. And, uh, you know, they obviously they have a lot of history. Uh, so maybe that history can bring into this uh, Champions League final. Obviously, the fans are going to travel to Istanbul. So, you know... Those Inter fans go hardcore. They love their squad. They love their team. They love the city of Milan. So they're going to bring it in simple. Manchester City are on the verge of something that hasn't happened in 20 years. So it's going to be something special for sure this Saturday. I mean, the only man I could think that is very happy at the moment is Micah Richards. I think Micah is probably on top of the earth right now. Seeing his team win finals, seeing his team going to a Champions League final, him working mm-hmm. in Champions League final, he's having the time of his life. Uh oh, Phil Foden, obviously. Uh, Phil Foden, Ederson, Ederson. Obviously, you can't forget Ederson. There you go. What are some things, Nick, that Man City has to improve on? Obviously, you saw that twenty twenty one final and how it kind of like dissolved for them in the second half against Chelsea. What yeah. went wrong in that final that can potentially that's potentially going to be fixed in this final? Obviously, they have a goal scorer, a machine. Uh. They have players that are playing really good right now. Jack Grealish is in that mix. He probably might be mm-hmm. starting this Saturday. How do you see this final compared to the final against Chelsea two years ago? It's it's really never City's attack that tends to be the issue. It tends to be their transition back to defense where they get caught a lot. Um, their their pass, you know, percentages and completions never never really dip to worrying amounts. So you you don't worry about their structure at all. If anything, I think they have the best structure we've seen in the Premier League in a really long time. I mean, the way that they can push up the field with impunity is kind of unseen. Um, But they do tend to run into trouble when they overextend, um, especially when they get a lot of guys in the box trying to get Holland, you know, the space to, to put a header in. Um. They can often get caught on the off chance when they do make a bad pass um, because they do go for a lot of, you know, they they do have a fair amount of long balls and and risky passes, um, which pay off dividends. Obviously, I I remember there was a there was a ridiculous through ball I saw not too long ago from uh, I believe it was Gundo uh, going right into the box and just immediately quick turnaround. So just be careful of that. Be mindful um yeah i i think if they play a better transition game city will be very well prepared 
I think my take on and what I saw in the final, in the FA Cup final, is that, you know, when City gets scored on, it's almost like a surprise. Like, whoa, that team, you know, scored against us. You know, we're right. the best team right now. And they get a little bit taken back from that goal. And they kind of struggle. I mean, I saw that, you know, when the penalty went in from Bruno, City kind of like stayed back a little bit. They were just kind of in shock that, you know, they got scored on and they were pretty struggling in the second half. You know, Man United were attacking. So that's something like, you know, we could see on Saturdays that, you know, either they score first or, or they don't score first. But if Inter scores against them, you know, they're going to be kind of like, you know, whoa, like they scored against us now. Like, what are we going to do? Because now they're motivated. Their fans are in the back, you know, screaming hard so that, you know, their team can score another one. So I think that's something, you know, we're going to have to see. And City had a fix on is, you know, the reaction when they get scored on. Right, right. Keeping a strong mental. Yeah, so... uh so your your confidence for it's going to be four zero in the final or no? Yep, or no? Easy. Well, I think we're gonna see what happens this Saturday if City can win the treble finally. Happens. But that's gonna wrap up this year's of domestic league competitions in all countries in Europe. There are two European finals left: the Conference League final and the Champions League final. Will Man City do what other English clubs haven't done in twenty years? We'll find out this Saturday. But this concludes another episode of FUVFC. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you, Nick, for being on tonight. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.